This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by 23andMe.com. With 23andMe's genetic service, you can learn what percentage of your DNA comes from places like Italy, Finland, East Asia, or Africa. Visit 23andMe.com slash no meat. That's the number 23andMe.com slash no meat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Matt, this feels like a really big episode for us. <laughs> because it's number 203? Because, what number is it? Uh, it is 202. 202. 202. That is a big episode. <laughs> but not just for that reason. <laughs> because you're back. It's been a few weeks where we've been playing some replays. And uh, it's excited to, exciting to have like a full-on episode here. It is. It's been been we've taken a little bit of a hiatus, uh, planned one, and mm-hmm. I I do. I think we're always a little bit better when we when we do that and come back with a few new ideas and some new fresh enthusiasm. Uh, plus, I went to Tony Robbins, so I'm all all fired up. Did not walk across any coals or anything, but uh, did many other cult like behaviors, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, and and had a grand old time. I always I do always enjoy his stuff, and there's always a nice. I don't know, month-long boost in motivation in addition to uh, what are hopefully more lasting changes. So good, I, good I stuff. Gotta, I got to assume, you know, I should, full disclosure, we're, we're doing this via Skype, but I got to assume that after a week at the beach and then a week in Las Vegas, you have to be pretty tan. You have to be sum- <laughs> summer looking right now. Not really. Surprisingly, not at all. Oh. Uh, I, Vegas, I was indoors almost the entire time. Did find some time for some some gambling, but that was that was nighttime, <laughs> and that was also indoors. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just maybe a couple shades darker than usual, but not not really. You'd be disappointed, Doug. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, we're we're gonna do mindset rules today. We've done uh, food rules and running rules, and then a long time ago we did a just general rules for living your best life. Um, so I'm excited about this episode. I think we, we tend these tend to be popular, and I always like talking about mindset topics, and it seems like people like listening to those too. So that will be fun. Uh, before we jump in, though, Doug, do you uh, do we have any 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 weekend updates or training updates from you? I know you you've signed up for a hundred miler again, which is uh, commendable, and I'm wondering how your how your training has shifted, if it has. Are you back in the swing of things? I am back. I'm getting back in the swing of things. I'm in week. Week three right now of a base building plan that I wrote for myself. Okay. Um, it started out with consistency and then some elevation, vertical gain. Now we're in rebuilding distance, um, and it's going pretty well. And this weekend, actually, after a four-plus-month hiatus from racing, I have my first race coming up. It's a 10K down, oh, yeah? Yeah, down in Old Fort. Down in Old Fort. A trail, Good. A trail 10K, yeah, here in here in North Carolina. So I'm excited about that. That's going to be fun. So, yeah, nice. I mean, you know, things are coming back. Things are bouncing back. I'm definitely excited about 100 Miler. And speaking of 100 Milers, I met a listener slash, well, someone who I already knew, <laughs> a, a running co- a, a coaching client of mine um, uh, who is also a Nomad Athlete radio listener. And um, she suggested, we, we met in Rhode Island when we were there a few weeks ago, and she suggested that you need to look into the Keys 100 miler. Oh that yeah, is exactly. Apparently, it's right. exactly what you're looking for. That totally is. That sounds like that'd be awesome. I do need to do that. Thank you to that listener, whoever that is. Should we mention her name? Mallory. Yes, Mallory. Mallory. Thank you, Mallory. That actually sounds like a like a perfect thing for me, because it's because it's flat and Florida like, and yet not landlocked. In fact, it's the opposite of landlocked. Right? You're you're just on islands. I don't know anything about it, but it is road. But it is road, I believe, and yeah, perfect and hot. And you wanted and I, I you like wanted hot. road and hot. I didn't want hot. I just I can <laughs> I, I I I think hot. I'd rather have hot than hills. Okay, so uh, that actually sounds really good. I'm going to look into that, and uh, I hope it hope it works out. Oh, also, actually, I have two things. First of all, I did meet a podcast listener at uh, the Tony Robbins event. Oh. That was that was going to fun. There's there's all these. You just hug random people lots of times. There's like, like I said, sort of cult-like behavior. Uh, I'll say, get ten hugs to start the morning, and so I, I hugged a couple people and one, and this one guy, and he said, 
he said, hey, are you the no meat guy? And I said, yeah, and he was the podcast listener. And I don't know how he, how he recognized me because I don't feel like we put my face on too much stuff these days. But uh, he did and uh, had some very nice things to say. So oh, that's cool. That was cool, yeah. Uh, what I wanted to ask, though, Doug, is with your training, your base building program that you wrote for yourself, you mentioned – I'm sorry. My daughter is going in and out of the house and just slamming the door repeatedly. I actually can't hear it. So I think you're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So you, you've mentioned, uh, you said it's consistency and then hills and then distance. Do you, do you have a theme for each week of the base building? I do. So it's six weeks. Um, and it goes, it, the first week one is consistency. So I wanted to run six times that week. Didn't matter how okay. far, how long, uh, week two focused on, and everyone adds on the next one. So week two focused on hills and getting back into doing a little bit of climbing. So uh, not just not just going for a run, but going for a run that w- was challenging me a little bit. But again, wasn't too concerned about distance. Week and three, then that, and the and the six times per week kept five. Like that yeah, five to six is is my goal for the whole six week program. So week one okay. there was an actual goal of six six times that week. But okay, um, from now on it's five to, at least five times a week. Um, Week threes, three and four are both distance weeks, uh, building off of the last. So this week, I'm trying to aim for 35 miles, and then next week will be a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Week five, start introducing a little speed work. And then week six is the ideal, well-rounded training week that would then wow. launch me into a training plan for for the 100-miler, or at least you know some more 100-mile focused plan. Right. That's that's fun. It's it sounds like you've uh, kind of gamified the training plan. Yeah, you know, right, I'm trying to make it a little interesting, sort of fun. I yeah, I really like that. That's much different from just staring at a spreadsheet with numbers on it that you know don't don't have any meaning other than you have to go run that far today. Right. Yeah. I like it. You should you should create a whole plan out of that and sell it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I will. Maybe I will. Or maybe yes. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> serious it seems like it'd be a good thing i think people would like that okay all right (laughs) all right good or give it away to the nice people (laughs) we'll see maybe maybe both (laughs) all right um then i say we jump in doug let's jump into our mindset rules let's do it Do do we need any more introduction i mean these are these are our rules for these are our personal rules that we try to live by um, mm-hmm. as far as mindset goes, I know we don't agree on every single one of these. I think for the most part we do, but, um, you know, there will be maybe slight inconsistencies because we're two individuals making, saying the rules that work for us. I'll also add that my rules, most of them I'm pretty good at applying. Like they are my rules because I've learned that they work for me and I've kept them, made them last. Uh, a few of them I think are kind of ideals that I, I don't always stick to all the time, but I, I kind of treat as things that I'm striving to do. So, um, not trying to set this up and say I'm I'm you know I have this perfect set of rules that I live by 100 percent and and therefore I'm better than you and everybody else. Uh, it's not that at all. It's sort of here's here's the what I think is a pretty good framework and I do the best I can to to reach it. Yeah, that's I would agree with that for myself as well. But before we get started, actually, what like when we're talking about mindset rules, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? That's a good question. Maybe I should have um, asked us that before I made my list. But <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't really know how to how to describe it. These are these are like the. I don't know. I, I don't have a definition for this. It's it's the the <laughs> I have in my head the the thing that says this is this is how I'm going to live my life. Like this is the standard I am setting, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'm going to try my best to, to always do this. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, a lot of them are that. A lot of them aren't just like, these are things I tend to do and therefore them are rules. I mean, a lot, most of these are, are not all of them, but I, I would say most of these are things where, uh, I have kind of consciously said, I know this works and logically it makes sense that this would be a good thing for me to live by. So therefore I'm going to try really hard to do that. Um, right. I don't know. Do you, do you have a more helpful definition than that? Not really, except that uh, these are, uh, I, for mine anyway, are the way I want to approach life and approach um, situations, both positive mm-hmm. and negative ones. Um, 
to help uh, to to kind of cultivate the outcome that that I want for yes. myself. Yeah, I think this is sort of like this isn't quite the right analogy, but like an operating system that kind of everything is filtered through. So including running and food and interactions with other people and work, like all that to me stems from the the what's going on in your head and what your mindset rules are. Right. Right. And there are way, way more specific ways of breaking that down. And if you're trying to really define an op- operating system of living or, or of, you know, uh, of behavior and thinking, there's there are many, many more levels of complexity than this, right? And that, like that's the Tony Robbins stuff is often all about that. There's all there's all different models and his and many others uh, of the different filters you have in your head and the different biases and all this stuff that happens even on an unconscious level. And then there's the stuff that happens on a conscious level. So we're not, you know, we're scratching the surface. But uh, for a podcast, I think that's probably most appropriate. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially one that's about vegan fitness. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> All right, good. Then uh, then I will start us off, Doug, with one that I think is no surprise at all and probably a good example of the type of rules that I'm talking about. Oh, one more thing, which I just want to add. We we deliberately stayed away from listing specific habits here because we've mm. done plenty of episodes about routines and habits and things like that. Uh, I have one certain rule that is about choosing your habits, and I can give you a few examples in there, but, but we said those – we're staying away from that because we've done that before. So these are more rules than specific habits to adopt. Good? Yep. Perfect. All right. Um, so my first one, I don't know if it's the most important. It's the first one I thought of, and uh, that is to have a huge, inspiring, exciting goal. Mm. Uh, there's lots of talk about goals. Some people like them. Some people don't. For me, I know that I'm just way better, way happier. Everything is much better if I have something that I am working towards – whether in running, whether in work, whether in relationships, whatever, some vision for the future that is really, really compelling. Uh, when I have that, it just seems to pull everything together. And then, and all my other, you know, then I have motivation to set up the right habits, uh, motivation to get up earlier, work harder, and I'm happier at the end of the day. I feel like I've, if I've made progress, then I'm better. So uh, I'm all about that. And as we've said many, many times, the tendency is for people to think small, right? We, we've had just these experiences in our life. We all tend to remember our failures more than our successes, I think, uh, even if that's not what we talk about. The things that stick in our brain, just human nature, uh, is is to remember the the bad things and the things that were didn't work out, right? Because we want to avoid that future pain. So I think forces like that kind of push us as we grow into adulthood uh, towards thinking smaller and just not wanting to risk failure but that's not really the most effective thing. I think if you have something that's really, really exciting, uh, it's just going to make you're going to you're going to do all kinds of stuff. You're going to go through a lot of obstacles, and you're going to find ways to make something really exciting happen. Whereas the smaller, less exciting goal, I think I think you're just as likely to fail at that as you are a bigger one. Perhaps more likely to fail at a small one than a big one, um, because of because of the the motivation sort of reason I just mentioned. So no surprise there. Yeah, you're you're a big goal guy, and I am too. I gotta agree with you on this one. Um, curiously, are, when you when you talk about setting and always having a big, ambitious goal, are you thinking like two years down the road, five years down the road, six months down the road? Like, what 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 qualifies it as a big goal for you? It's funny you should ask that, Doug, because this let me knock off rule number two, which was. Although you should have that huge goal, I think it's really important that you give yourself enough time to get it. Mm. So I think maybe the, it's easy to misinterpret or interpret the advice of have a huge goal to say, okay, then I'm going to run my first marathon even though I'm not a runner and I'm going to do that in three months' time. That's that's a big, exciting goal. Uh, so I, when I say huge goal, I'm, I am saying don't make that do it really quickly. Don't make that part of the hugeness of it because I don't think that's – very likely to think. Um, I think the more time you can allow yourself to get that goal, it's got to stay exciting. If you put something 10 years down the road, for most people, that just is too far down the road to kind of motivate you today in any way at all. Right. Uh, you can talk about setting like intermediate goals in the way. And, and, and I think some people are good at that. They can have this big grand vision for the future that's 10 years from now. 
but they can also have something that that they want to do in three years that's that's kind of related or on the way and then something that's one year down the road and then something that's six months down the road um you know i I don't know which of those is best and i think it kind of depends on the person but the tendency i think i know there's there's the whole massive action approach but we've talked also very much about this small steps approach and i think i find myself it just works best if i've got something really really exciting and that something is probably two to three years away um because when when i have that kind of time then i am comfortable starting with small steps right like if i have a hundred mile race and it's and and that's the goal uh, and it's two years away then I can be okay with going out and running for 15 minutes today to start the process, to get mm-hmm. going and realize that, I'm, that a month from now, maybe I'll only be up to 30 minutes a day. Um, but I don't know, you know, if, if it's too rushed, then, then there's this tendency to just jump in and take on way too much at once. And then you get burnt out and your willpower drains. So, uh, those two roles really, really, they go together for me. Have a, have a huge, gigantic, inspiring goal, but give yourself time to get there. And I think for most huge, inspiring goals that's at least two years away um and you know hopefully not too much longer because then as it gets longer and longer it just gets harder at least for me to to keep that motivation up right yeah i you know i tend to to set year goals Hmm? um and something that's about a year out so whether that's a race or you know a goal with the business or, or whatever that uh, feels close enough where I can really approach it and really dive in and attack it, um, but is far enough out to where I can continue the smaller steps and like the intermediate, intermediate, intermediary, inter, <laughs> whatever the goals that come in between. Right. Um, <laughs> what's that word I'm looking for? I think intermediate. Inter- <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe maybe that's that's not the word I had in my head, but <laughs> maybe that's the right word. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> um, you know, but I can still kind of approach these attach or approach these smaller goals um, that are easier and uh, you know more fulfilling on the like short term. But yeah, uh, yeah. So if if it goes too much more than a year, though, like I like to envision myself like where I want to be in three years or like what type of runner I want to be, what type of things I want to have accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, but that goal, like that's really specific goal that's that far out for me loses a lot of its steam over time. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. And that's something that I struggle with as well. On the flip side, I think that year goals, at least in my experience and kind of, you know, others I've heard of, it doesn't necessarily mean this is true for you at all, but I feel like that they often lead to disappointment. I feel like we, we, there's that saying where we underestimate what we can or we overestimate what we can achieve in a year and we underestimate what we can achieve in a decade. Uh, I find like when I try to set a really massive inspiring goal and make it happen within a year, it ends up not happening within a year. Mm-hmm. And if if I could be okay with that and say, well, that's okay that I knew that was I kind of knew that was gonna happen and I'm fine if it happens in two years instead of one. Uh, then, then that is good and it has served me, but I, that's, that's been my problem. And I, I've recently kind of shifted more into a three year, you know, mindset of like, th- that's, that's when I really want to make whatever massive change by, uh, but I think, I think it's just going to vary depending on the person, you know, what, how, yeah. who knows? I think a year means different things to different people as far as like just how big that seems, how far away that seems. It right. probably depends on a lot of factors. Yeah. Agreed. Good. Cool. So that's goals. Awesome. That is goals and small steps. And small steps. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to switch to my first one, which Go for it. Um, is something that I try to do in every aspect of my life, and I fail miserably at it a lot, but uh, I find it so incredibly valuable, and that is to stay positive at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that what, well, what I mean by this is uh, to when, you know, when something happens or when you know you get frustrated with something it's so easy to turn negative and once you get in that negative headspace it's just like a downward spiral where everything is going wrong and you start fumbling through everything and messing up more and more things and then it just kind of becomes this worst case scenario right and people do that all the time people live their entire lives in that negative headspace um but when you can stay positive, when you can keep a positive outlook on things, it's amazing how quickly 
the negative stuff can turn around and how like that bad situation can turn into something that is a teachable moment or something that uh, you can adjust and, and reevaluate and, um, you know, pivot. And then all of a sudden it becomes this better than you could have ever expected. Um, and I tend to be somebody who likes to plan and likes um, to know what's going on. You know, like, I, you know, I, I like spontaneity, but I definitely like if there's a schedule or if there's, um, you know, if we have plans to go somewhere and do something, then, and I'm excited about it, then I don't like it when, when things go wrong. Right. I, mm-hmm. I, um, I, I can easily turn into that negative headspace. Um, so I have to consciously be thinking about the positive things at all time. And that's been hard, but it has been so rewarding for me and has really changed things around for me. Yeah. I think that is a great one. Um, and one that requires more discussion <laughs> because I, I think like there's that is the most classic of, you know, self-help advice, right? Stay positive, positive thinking, the power of positive thinking. Uh, and I think it can get it can get kind of cliched and people start to ignore it and think, oh, OK, it's another one of those guys who's preaching positive thinking and that's going to solve all my problems. Uh I, you know, how do you how do you address that or counter that uh, so that someone would would actually listen to this and not just not just throw it away as like you know you know the same old advice? Um, it's it's not everything, right? Like you can't just think things are good when they're really not at all. Like if your life is just terrible, um, <laughs> or something's going really wrong. I I hate to keep mentioning Tony Robbins here and, and seeming like a total fanboy, which I am, by the way. Um, <laughs> By the way, this is really funny. One of my partners, they're not partners, one of team members, um, Tony, like, so he, he goes around the room and he's sweaty and the room's freezing cold. He keeps it so cold, but he's just so high energy and going over that he's constantly sweating. But he's spitting, too. He's really enthusiastic and he's yelling and he's saying something and he's spitting all the time. Well, this guy on my team uh, was, it was his first event and he didn't really know this at all. And he his his mouth was open, and he we were in kind of the front row of this one section. So Tony was right in front of us, two feet away, and he, this guy said that Tony spit into his mouth, <laughs> which, which I thought I thought when I high fived him it was cool, but now I was like, man, that's, I should have done that. Oh man, that's funny. anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, no. Where I, I was going with that was what? Oh yes, the Tony Robbins has uh, that he says he says like. He has his garden metaphor. He said, you can just keep saying there's no weeds in my garden when there's weeds. You can keep saying there's no weeds, there's no weeds, no weeds. But if you do that, the weeds eventually will take the garden because you're you're just burying your head in the sand and not admitting that there is a problem. Mm-hmm. So, like, of course, you can go, you can go too far with this. Um, obviously, that's not what you're advising, Doug. Um, but I think you're right. I think this is like if, if you don't if you don't treat this as the only thing you have to do. Like this isn't the secret. Where all you have to do is visualize that everything's good and therefore it will be good. Uh, you know, if, if, I think you're right. If everything is filtered through a positive kind of state, then things are better, and you're going to be better. You're going to perform better. You're going to make better decisions. You're not going to go down that terrible cycle that you just mentioned, where where something you know you get down about something, and then that kind of just makes the less the next thing not likely to go well or seem well in your head um so crucial important habit or 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 rule here i guess my question for you is how do you how do you do that do you just consciously decide and i can think of a few things that i would suggest but like i'm wondering for you like how do you if you have that as your rule do you just say all i got to do is be mindful of it and just make sure i switch it when when i find myself going the negative way yeah well so to address your concern, and I think that's a super valid concern and something I should have mentioned, is you can't just walk around with rose-colored glasses on all the time, right? Um, you, you can't just say that there's no bad things happening to you or in this world. Um, and, you know, what I think that you have to do and what I try to do is if there are weeds in my garden, I acknowledge that there are weeds in my garden. Um, you know, instead of saying, oh, God, oh, God, there's weeds in my garden, you know, and like freaking out. And now like my garden's ruined, ruined. Right. Uh, and obsessing over the fact that there are some weeds in my garden and how I can't do anything else until I pull all these weeds up. Um, instead of doing that, you say, okay, there's weeds in my garden. This sucks. Let's, uh, let's address this. Let's, you know, do some work in the garden. But 
it, the garden is still beautiful or, you know, there's still a lot of fruit coming from this, from this garden. And, um, no, going too far down the garden. You know, and, uh, and, and, you know, and just kind of be like, all right, well now, now I know that I need to weed more often. Right. Yeah. Or, right. or whatever. And not, not beating yourself up over that or creating this big story about how you failed and how your garden is terrible now. Right. Like just, just not having that whole mental dialogue about it and just dealing with it. Right. Admitting, you know, acknowledging that, that it is unfortunate, but if it's not a big deal and sometimes it is a big deal, like sometimes, you know, if there's a family member sick or something like that, I mean, there's nothing positive really about that. Right. Um, but you know, if, if it's, if it's just that a project didn't get turned in on time or that you didn't get into the race that you were hoping to, you know, you didn't get selected in the lottery of a race that you really wanted to run, like that's not that big of a deal. There's, there's so many other races to run. There's so many other things that you can, you can do that would be equally, equally as inspiring or as, Mm -hmm. as whatever you just have to. So instead of getting so negative about that, you have to say, all right, this sucks. This wasn't the plan. I'm, I'm definitely disappointed about this you know, embrace that disappointment for a little bit, but then be like, all right, now what am I going to do instead? How are we going to fix this? How are we going to move on from this in a positive way that I can still get excited about? Right. Good. I like it. Um, I think there are ways you can train yourself to be better at this. And these are halfway related to other rules that I have mentioned, but um, I think some it, I think meditation is great for this. I think meditation teaches you, uh, you know, not through any any formal series of steps, just the act of doing meditation and constantly paying attention to what you're thinking and then changing that thinking in some way. Right? Paying attention to what you're focusing on and changing that focus back to your breath or whatever your focal point of your meditation is. Uh, when you do that, and you might do that a hundred times in a ten minute meditation session. I think one of the huge benefits is this you are, you are training and cultivating this self-awareness so that when you – because I think the problem for a lot of people, and I've definitely had this problem in my life before, is you can be in a negative thinking mode about something without actually even consciously realizing you're in that mode, right? Because you're so caught up in how bad whatever it is and the big story and dialogue in your head has just totally hijacked your entire brain and – you're not even aware enough or conscious enough to like take the step back and say, Hey, I am feeling this way that I told myself I wasn't going to feel. So even just that noticing, even if you didn't consciously then do anything about it, just the ability to be self-aware and say, Hey, I am currently feeling negative And that was not what I, you know, I'm trying to usually feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think that awareness alone is kind of the beginning of you getting control of that and being able to change. And then the next step, as you get better at that, or even as you just do that more often, I think is you start to actually be able to change it and you start to say, Hey, I'm in this negative state and this is exactly what I was in a couple weeks ago. And you just start to, you know, just drawing this distinction between here's, here are the times I was in this state or here, or here's how I'm feeling now. Um, and here's an alternative. I, I just think there's so much value in, in that self-awareness. So meditation for me is a great one. Um, let me just mention, so I'm, I was going to have another, and I'll just do it now. Um, one of my rules was going to be just choose your habits carefully. Like choose the things that you spend time on, the things that you do on a daily basis. Uh, choose them carefully. Like don't don't just do the default things that that society would have you do or that uh, app developers would have you do. Like <laughs> choose the ones that, that actually matter to you. Uh, meditation, some form of meditation would be one of them for exactly the reasons I mentioned and, and others as well. That meditation could be actual just sitting meditation it could be some sort of walking or exercise meditation um it could be the morning pages but something where you were reflecting and you were you were kind of like paying attention to your thoughts uh rather than just letting them happen and getting caught up in the current of them um that's that's a really big one similarly i would say for me i think putting good stuff in your head putting stuff that is going to foster positive thinking is a good thing in your head it doesn't have to mean you just reading positive affirmations over and over but but that is why i like to read you know personal development type books i just think they tend to encourage positive thinking and the flip side of that is i deliberately avoid news social media and tv and that doesn't mean that i never consume any of those things or participate in any of those things because there are certainly days when i when i do 
But I would say the majority of my days, I don't, I don't do any one of those. I don't, I don't listen to any news or see any news. I don't do any social media, and I don't watch TV. Uh, I just think they're, at, you know, I'm not. I know it sounds like high and mighty to to proclaim that you shouldn't do any of these things and that you don't do any of these things. Um, but I just think there's so much negativity that happens there, and there there are forces that it's clear why those things would tend to promote negativity, right? Like news, we all know the thing that like they. The, you're not going to pay attention to positive headlines. If, if there's a newspaper and it says beautiful weather this weekend, nobody's buying that newspaper. No, no one's buying newspapers anyway, honestly. But if, if I do, if said, I, get I, two, I, I get two newspapers delivered to me every week. Well, good for you, Doug. You're fighting the good fight. <laughs> I know. Print is important. <laughs> um, but but anyway, but if but if the newspaper says says you know blizzard coming this weekend, then people are going to buy that because they want to know all about the the bad thing and we want to prepare for badness and watch out for the bad thing. and that's built into our brains it should be built into our brains that we that we need to pay more attention to news that is potentially scary so obviously that's what that's what then gets reported on the news for the most part because it gets people to pay attention and that is that is well established that that stuff happens so no no groundbreaking information there but i'm just saying be careful with what is going into your head all the time by default and you know maybe make deliberate choices to put something different in there so that is that is me on my soapbox about those things but uh the only other habit i have that i think is a good thing is is pick something in the morning first thing in the day that can just be you uh doing something that's a little bit of a challenge that kind of that kind of gets you going and start sets the tone for the day i like the making of your bed as the first step it just it just kind of says hey i'm kind of i don't feel like doing this right now i'd rather just go make coffee and do whatever but making that bed that first thing just sort of says hey i'm in charge um and you get that little win at the beginning of the day. I think there's actually a, a book now by the guy who popularized this. I don't know his name, but I think it is just called Make Your Bed. Um, <laughs> anyway. Is, this, is that the whole book too? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's probably, I mean, almost every book, honestly, we don't need a whole book for it, right? You could, you, if, right? If every book could be just the first chapter, I think we'd all read a lot more books and get a lot more out of them. Except for uh, the Nomad Athlete books. Right? Except for those. Those should be much longer than they are, actually. I did... <laughs> did <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so make your bed. I mean, that's, that's a simple one everyone can do. It'd be nice if I had, uh, the, the ice plunge like Tony Robbins has every morning, but I don't have the means to have those in all of my homes around the world. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, my two, since we're on the, in, on the talk of habits, uh, my two examples are the gratitude practice, which I've fallen <laughs> off on a little bit, but I have done pretty regularly for the last, I don't know, six years, um, where, most evenings, uh, Katie and I share three things that we're grateful for that that day. Um, Very nice with each other, like you like you do that uh, together. We don't always do well. We we always do it at the same time. We don't always share it. Ah. Sometimes we share it. Many times we share it actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other habit that you'll be excited to hear about is that for the first time ever, I'm. I have now done nine days in a row of meditation. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Good for you. I'm getting that's, into it. Trying, that's that trying is great. To, I was inspired by your son, Holden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, he, if he can meditate, then I can meditate too. That's a really good point. I, I, I should, and I have, uh, use him as inspiration as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm really bad at maintaining a meditation habit. Like I said, I, these these are not things I always do. They're kind of ideals, but... I can I can do meditation for about a month, and I I don't think I've ever made it longer than that. I have lots and lots of month long streaks, and then I then I fizzle out. Mm. What do you what, when you say you did it for nine days in a row? What uh, like how long are you doing it each time? Uh, Not that longer is better because we said small steps, but yeah, no week week one was two minutes uh-huh. at a time, and uh, week two now. So for the past two days, I'm doing two and a half minutes. So I'm just barely creeping up, um, and uh, and trying to focus on the breath during that time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's but that's that's what i need like if five minutes ten minutes is way too much for where i'm at right now so well that i mean that is a great example of small steps because we talk about it all the time i don't think we give that many concrete examples of us doing it um but the fact that i think yeah i think people hear that and they're and they probably say well that doesn't do anything two minutes does nothing but you know you just enthusiastically told me you've been doing this for nine days in a row and i think to you it's meaningful and feels like you've you're doing something You've made a substantial change, uh, even though it's not a lot of time yet. But like 
you've done it for nine days and you wouldn't do that like you just said if it was 10 minutes or five minutes right off the bat Mm -hmm. so and and i will say that um not to pat myself on the back or anything like that but uh, (laughs) that you know not that two minutes ever felt long like i never it was always a short amount of time but the first at first it was there was so much more running through my head and i really am starting to like be able to turn off a little bit more uh every day yeah and and so there you go it only took it only took two minutes a day and you actually are experiencing progress so that is very good all right so that's our only habits right we're not doing any other that was our (laughs) all that was one rule about choosing your habits and like we said we're not this whole thing is not about habits but just had to happen because all those things honestly that is to me like the way to get yourself to think positive it's not that easy if you don't have you know stuff going on that's going to help you to make that decision it's not that easy just to make the decision to say okay i'm being negative i'm gonna switch to positive a lot of times you don't want to switch to positive when you're negative right right? you just it's hard so that's the thing i think a good time for all those habits to be mentioned yeah all right good all right i i got one that um i think we're gonna disagree on a little bit a little controversy here but before we get into that i think we should pause for a minute to thank our sponsors okay this episode of no meat athlete radio was brought to you by 23andme.com 23andMe.com is a genetic service that can help you discover where your DNA comes from around the world. You can learn what percentage of your DNA comes from places like Italy, Finland, East Asia, and Africa. With 23andMe reports, you can explore your connection to the world in a whole new way by traveling to the places that reflect your DNA. Visit 23andMe.com slash no meat. That's the number 23andMe.com slash no meat. What will be your DNA destination? All right, so my next one is one that we we talked about, I want to say it was maybe a New Year's episode or something like that, where I was setting New Year's goals for having moved to Black Mountain, moved to North Carolina, and wanted to meet new people, and my goal was to say yes to any opportunity that was thrown my way. So I was using that as an excuse to um, go meet new people, go experience new things, and... and, um, and go drink beer. And go drink beer. <laughs> I think you phrased it when I last heard you say it. And I, I, it might have been in our like general rules episode. Uh, you said never, never turn down a beer with somebody. Never turn down. Never, a beer. never turn down a chance to have a beer with somebody. Yeah, well, that's probably that's probably exactly what I was thinking when I made that rule. Um, so the rule is still to say yes. Uh, the the mindset rule is still to say yes. But you know, it's slightly different now. I, I think that um, I'm not in need of as many friends anymore. You know, Matt, that was a little while when uh, when Katie and I lived when we had first moved here, where we were counting your kids as our as our friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had six friends or something like that, and four of them were Frasers. And one was six months old. Yeah, <laughs> no say in the matter. That's not not so much the case anymore. So you know, now I feel like sometimes I can turn down a beer, although it's very rare that I would turn down a beer. But um, mm-hmm. uh, my my mindset rule of saying yes is to is to embrace opportunity, is to embrace uh, leaving your comfort zone and embrace trying new things. And so that can be with people. It can certainly be with people, but more so experiences and um, and pushing yourself and putting yourself out there in a way that um, if you're reserved and if you're kind of shielded and guarded, then you wouldn't do. You would kind of turn down that opportunity, turn down that um, whatever it is. Um, so I, I think that if you can... If you can let that guard down and uh, and say yes to to new experiences, then um, you're just going to have a very fulfilling life. And sometimes it won't work out. Sometimes you won't like it. Sometimes uh, it won't be fun, or you might get burned. You know, sometimes that it might be an opportunity that that didn't really work out very well and uh, was kind of a, a waste of time or something like that. But um, if you can if you can do that more often and I'm not obviously not all the time, you shouldn't say yes to everybody who asks you money or something like that. But, um, if you can do that more often and, and be willing to leave your comfort zone, then I think you're going to open expose yourself to things that, um, that will be so rewarding when you do. Doug, are you, are you an improv fan? I'm guessing you are. You just yes, seem like an improv and. guy to me. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's where I was going. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's kind of the the whole improv the whole yes and uh, motto for improv. I mean that's I mean that that's what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've seen Seth Godin write about yes and and others as well. It's just it's such a good thing, right? I mean, it's it's. Uh, I'm assuming everyone knows what that means, but it's that that's what you're supposed to say in improv when someone get one another. I don't do any improv, so it probably sounds like it. Uh, when they they give you a, a line, or they they say their line, and then you've got to go, and you and you just you're supposed to go with it, right? And you and then you add to it, and it's this willingness to just go with with what's going on, and then contribute to it in some way, uh, rather than resisting and fighting it and trying to change it, right. right? Is that am I summing it up correctly there? Yeah, I think so. That's my right. understanding of it. Yeah. Right, and so it has obvious parallels and 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 applications in in outside of improv, uh, and that's one of the great lessons that improv teaches you, I think. Mm-hmm. So I like it. That's uh, that is a very good one, and I think it balances interestingly with a rule of mine, which is the uh, rule of Derek Sivers made popular. He was the founder of CDBaby.com and uh, has done some other cool stuff since then. But his his thing, he wrote a blog post where he said it's either hell yeah or no, and that means if you're not super enthused about something, and this is more of a time management choice, really, uh, if you're not super into something and you just can't wait to make this thing happen when you come up with an idea or hear a proposal or something uh then it should be a no because we all don't have time in our in our day honestly just it's mostly a time management thing like i said uh we just don't have time to spend on stuff that we're not very excited about or enthused about because we're not going to be as effective as that and it's just going to be one more thing that now takes up time uh and takes takes away from the time spent doing stuff that you're really excited about and happy to be doing so you know i don't know where what the balance is there because i totally get the yes and idea and uh and i think it's exciting um i don't know do you have any thoughts there doug like how, how do we how do we balance those two seemingly opposed ideas yeah well i mean i think that i think that from a time management standpoint it the hell yeah or no makes sense right i mean Every time someone asks you to join them on a call or for a meeting or or whatever, you know, for to share some advice or to do some networking, like if you were just saying yes to everything that and you didn't really want to do that much of it, then you'd be wasting so much time, right? Right. Um, so you you know, unless you're like really excited to meet this person, then maybe you should say no. But if if the if it's an opportunity to try a new project or to be put on a team that is working on something that's really exciting. Um, you know, even if it's out of your comfort zone, even if it's something that you would normally say no to because you're a little nervous or, um, Mm -hmm. or I don't know, it just seemed like you were putting yourself out there a little too much. Then that's, that's not an excuse. That's what, that's kind of what I'm saying is that like, if your nerve nerves is not really an excuse to, uh, to say no to something. Right. And actually that's exactly the answer that I arrived at as I was, as I was listening to the beginning of your answer is that if it's, if it's fear or a comfort zone issue, that's making you say no, then that's, that's the time to say yes. I mean, for the most part, right. There are things that you, that you should be afraid of that you're afraid of for good reason. But I think we, I think we all tend to know when, uh, when we're kind of, there's something that we would definitely benefit from if we could just get over the fear and do it. Uh, and and I think I think that's that's the time to to say yes, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Good. All right. So we've solved that riddle. <laughs> what else you got? All right. What else do I have? Um, I have Doug, and I do one that I think is is uh, similar to yours. So why don't you go next, and then I will play off of it. Uh, if I if I am <laughs> correct with because because you we we did prepare a little bit for this episode. We did. Admittedly. I admit that we prepared something. But not not too much. <laughs> Honestly, most people would probably think it was funny how little we prepared. But <laughs> we we did I did get to hear your answers just so that I would uh you know, so we wouldn't have too much repetition and so that we But could I didn't, organize I didn't get nice to steps. hear your answers. So no, I, don't, you didn't. I don't actually know what you're what you're gonna say here. Okay. Um, so you go. Uh, the next one I have is to pick yourself. Mm-hmm. Is that the one you were hoping I would go for? That was exactly it. All right. So picking yourself is uh, I think a Seth Godin phrase, right? Yes. Um, has a book about it. <laughs> yep. uh, and basically what what he's saying there is to, instead of waiting for opportunities to come to you, instead of waiting, you know, if like you're a writer or a musician, instead of waiting for the the record label to approach you and sign you and, and then everything's going to be big, um, you have to pick yourself. You have to, uh, you have to say, I am a musician and I'm going to 
write my music and spread spread it out as best as I can. Um, and then when you pick yourself, then the op- those opportunities come a lot quicker. Is yes. that an appropriate way to sum up his, uh, his yes. philosophy? Yes, it yeah. totally is. Uh, as you know, Doug, I have this framed on my wall in my office, mm-hmm. a little little eight by ten that that uh, I got at a Seth Godin event a long time ago that he signed, and it's his "Pick Yourself" part from I think it was from the book Lynchpin. Uh, this this little tiny short, I guess it's a chapter. I don't know. It's probably about ten paragraphs long uh, about picking yourself, and I think it's such a great thing. What I think is important to notice or or know is that when he said, like you're saying it from a mindset thing, and I think that is it's a great mindset to have. I think when when Seth talks about it often, he's saying it in the context of like the world we live in today. In that, like in the fifties, like yeah, that was the model to become a famous musician or actor or comedian or whatever. Right? It was about it was about like you didn't have the power to really pick yourself. You had to just hope that you were discovered, and you could do lots of things that would that would encourage that. And I'm sure there are exceptions. I'm sure there are people who were picking themselves way before it was cool. And before there was an internet, uh, and congratulations to those people because that that is especially awesome if you could do that when that wasn't the model and when when the whole gatekeeper model was just accepted and that's how it was. Uh, but what has happened in the in the past twenty years has just totally destroyed the power of all the gatekeepers. And now people who get famous make themselves famous. They become YouTube celebrities because they don't wait to get on TV. They put themselves on TV and start putting out good stuff. Um, you know, anyone who gets gets a blog going is in some way picking themselves and saying, "I'm not waiting to, you know, for a for a publisher to discover me. I'm just going to start putting my ideas out in the world." And then, very often, what happens? The irony is that once you do pick yourself, that's when these people do start to discover you because you picked yourself first. Um, but I just think I think this is such a good one. I, I love this piece of advice, and the one the one that it goes off of mine that is similar to mine is just the general habit or i guess not a habit the general uh rule i guess of taking responsibility for just for the most part stepping up and and owning uh you know that the things that happen to you are largely due to the choices you make and and the the way that you're living right so like and i'm not saying that every occurrence there are plenty of tragic occurrences that that you are not responsible for that might happen in your life uh so i don't mean to to say that you should beat yourself up over every bad thing that happens. But I think in general, if you can have the mindset of if something happened or didn't happen, then, then I'm, I am the reason and and I can learn from that and I can hopefully next time change that. Uh, I think that's just, it's one of the most valuable lessons I've ever gotten from, from reading lots and lots of personal development books. Like that's one that sticks out as just a very profound shift that happened uh, and picking yourself is an example of of taking responsibility for your own success in whatever endeavor you're trying to do. It's very easy to just blame and say, "Oh, it's too hard. I don't know the right people," and I or I'm super talented at this. I can't believe no one has discovered me uh, or chosen me yet. Instead, if you just take responsibility and say it's on me, and I can do more, and I can do more to put myself out there, then uh, I think I think you are you're better for it. Take responsibility is broader, I think, than pick yourself. It, it mm-hmm. pick yourself is a very specific example. Um, Nonetheless, a really good one. Take responsibility is a more general one that would apply to to lots of things. Uh, but I just think in general, if you can be someone who takes responsibility, you're going to be more valued by an employer or a someone you're in a relationship with. It's just you know, it's good to step up and and own whatever happens. And a, a parallel one to that, which I had as a separate one, but I really is the same thing. It, don't make excuses. It just there's no reason. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think anybody really likes hearing excuses if you're going to apologize for something and take responsibility for it then just leave the excuse off there's a there's a great quote i don't know who said it unfortunately i should uh that is never ruin an apology with an excuse so if you're gonna i I, when someone just apologizes for, for not delivering or not doing something and there's nothing after that i completely respect that i i just think that is so much more meaningful and uh and you know, deserving of respect than when they say, oh, sorry, I couldn't do that because this and this and this happened and I had traffic and I had this and this and all these other billion things. Like, yeah, maybe there's a reason, but I don't know. I'd rather just someone say they're sorry and that's it. Yeah. No, I mean, I I think that when you like, when you start listing excuses, then you're taking the blame off of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of times there's a, there is a valid excuse. So I think it takes some discipline and restraint to not list the excuse. 
but I just think I think do it if you've never done that before. Try it. And for me, once I started doing that, I just kept doing that, and I found that that things were so much better after that. But now every time I every time you apologize me apologize to me, I'm like, man, he just just fails to deliver on everything. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Just, just sitting around, I guess. And just <laughs> yeah, has no good excuse for it. No good excuse. No. Um, yeah. So, so one that kind of fell into the pick yourself category that was on my on my B list, but I feel like I should say it anyway. Is um, is that now is the time, right? So uh, there's never a right time to do anything. There's never a right time to train for your first marathon. There's never a right time to go vegan. There's never a right time to uh, have a baby to have a baby or move or buy a house or whatever there's never like the ideal time and so right. when you're sitting around waiting for that ideal time to come you're going to be sitting around forever um so that that kind of is in, in the same vein as picking yourself but um now my, the motto that i like to to or the philosophy that i like to try to follow is that if it's something i really want to do then now's the time to do it and i'm going to make it work you know if it's if i really want it we'll figure out a way to make it work even if it's busy, even if um, you know have to make financial sacrifices or whatever, now's the mm-hmm. time to do it. Yeah, I think that's a really a very good point. Um, I don't know. Maybe there are situations where it does make sense to wait, but I think <laughs> of course no, I mean, there I, are always going to be some. Yeah, situations. there are, and like, how can you? Right, how do you know which is which? But I think I think human nature is to say, or just just to en- envision this much brighter, rosier future. And right, you you envision yourself five years from now as whatever current problems you have, they're all solved five years from now. And you don't imagine new problems replacing them, right? You just think, mm-hmm. you just think surely that will be handled and that will be the time for me to do this and this and this. What we don't realize, what we just completely miss is that there's always going to be new stuff. Hopefully it'll be higher level problems because we've sort of evolved. But you know, new problems are going to rush in to fill the void left by the old ones. There are always going to be problems. There are always going to be reasons to delay something. So I think when you realize that, then you can make a good decision, right? Like if so, if you want to take that, trip to wherever or you want to start that business uh maybe the time isn't right now there might be reasons but i think if you can step back a little bit get out of your head just a little bit and say okay i realize that now's not doesn't seem like the perfect time but i also realize that a year from now or two years is also going to not seem like the perfect time then make the decision of is it better to do this now or is it better to do this a year from now right like just realizing that the problems aren't going to solve themselves and then it automatically everything will be perfect a year from now and then you can do it. Mm-hmm. So I think if you just, if you're just mindful of that, then you can make an informed decision about when is the right time to, to do whatever you're doing. Yeah. I like that one. That's a good one. And uh, you know, I, I do kind of want to say is that like, if you deciding that now is the time to do it, it doesn't necessarily like if, if quitting your job, you know, and starting a business is one of one of your things, like maybe like today isn't the time to quit your job and start a business, but today is the day that you start saving or start, um, you know, uh, writing a business plan or, yeah. or whatever, you know, right. getting the, the thing in motion so that you can, so that, you know, six months from now you have everything in place for you to actually do that. Yes. Love it. All right. Well, good. What else? You got anything else? Yeah. I mean, these are inspiring more and I don't want to make this episode too long. Uh, so I'm not going to go into them since they didn't make my initial list. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, so here's one that I can I can cover a few little things with. Um, this is probably more having to do with work, but not entirely. And it's to be a producer, not a consumer. And I guess it kind of goes along with the you know, don't watch too much TV or or just listen to stuff or just listen to what everybody else is saying on social media. Like, it's there's so much stuff to do now. Right? There's there are so many distractions. It's cool that we have so many different podcasts to listen to and so many books to read by all these authors who might not have a publisher, but they're just able to put their ideas out, out there on Kindle or you know even in a print book. Um, so it's really, really easy just to consume stuff and just fill every hour with listening to more stuff or learning more stuff or whatever. Um, and it's way harder to, to decide you're going to do stuff and you're going to produce stuff and you're going to be the one who is – being listened to or watched or read or whatever uh so i just think i don't know it's very easy like you just mentioned the idea of if you you wanted to start a business but you you know it maybe today's not the day but it could be the day to do something else that gets you started i would warn people against 
choosing that something else as, as you know, choosing one that involves consuming more stuff. Because I know it's so easy to say, well, I'm going to go get this degree first, or I'm going to read this book first, or these 10 books first before I start that business or train for that marathon or whatever. I would say start producing action on a very, very small level. Right? It could, it could mean publishing a blog post as as your first business. That's how I started. I, I published a blog post because I thought, hey, I'd, it'd be really cool to do something in this in this plant-based area. Back then, it was vegetarian athlete-based, and I had no idea what. I, I knew I was really excited about what I was doing, and I wanted to share that in some way. So I said, I'm just going to start a blog, and then hopefully I will in some way build an audience by sharing this experience and then be able to do something that becomes a career. But I didn't think that the blog would be it. I thought it would just, like, I'd come up with some business idea in that space. Uh, it turned out that it, that it wasn't. But I think it's just it's an easy example these days. You can just start something. It's so there you can do something that takes no risk, maybe some emotional risk, but no financial risk uh, to get started instead of just you know reading another book or taking another course or whatever. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get certified and be informed and always be learning more. You totally should. Uh, but it's so easy to use that stuff as an excuse to to just not not ever step up and produce. You can just keep consuming more. Because it's way easier and way less scary to consume than it is to produce. So uh, be a producer, not a consumer. I think telling listeners of our podcast that consuming is the wrong thing to do is probably the worst piece of advice. <laughs> I, I thought about that, and I thought the same thing about social media. Like, <laughs> Because, yeah. But you know what? I If someone stops listening to our podcast because they want to go make something, then I would say I would say we've done a good deed and, and we've done something good. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm kidding. I feel the same way. No, but you're right. I see what you mean. There is a little bit of a conflict there. <laughs> good. Well, that that might be a good one to end on, unless you got one more to close us out. Mm, let me give let me give what I've got left. I'll do them real fast. Okay. I think it's really important to get obsessed about stuff. Mm. I don't mean with people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no stalking or peeping or anything like that. Uh, but I just think I think a lot of people like frown upon someone spending all their time on something and we think like oh we need to have balance in our lives but i don't think that's the way that you get anywhere with anything i mean maybe for some people that's fine uh and maybe for some people i shouldn't i shouldn't even downplay it maybe for some people that is the way to really achieve stuff is to maintain balance in your life for me i make progress when i pour myself into something entirely at the expense of everything else and then once I've made some good progress there and and something else is kind of begging for attention because, you know, some some red flag goes off or something happens, uh, then I will go focus on a different area and kind of fix that. But I just think if you can like a good at this event I was at, the uh, the founder of Indiegogo was there, Doug. His name is Slava something. I don't remember his last name, but he talked and he, he just gave a really good presentation. I, I got a lot out of it, but he talked about laser focus and he talked about like if you were trying to break a piece of uh, like like cellophane or saran wrap. He said a little ant with a with a tiny blade on the front of it could just walk right through that, right? Eventually, he, it, would just, it doesn't take much if you have a very a laser focus in a tiny spot. Uh, whereas if you just press your hand against that, or he, he, used the, he mentioned an octopus pressing all of its tentacles against it, which was sort of weird for me to envision. <laughs> I don't know why he did that. But you, you can think about pushing your hand against it versus, you know, push pushing your hand with a pen against it with a point and that focus you know if, if you're trying to keep this balance the way that you say your hand would against a, a piece of plastic wrap it doesn't doesn't break through it because it pushes a, a little bit in all these areas but if instead you focus tons of energy in one place uh that's how you get stuff done so i think there's nothing wrong with with getting obsessed um as, again as long as it's not about a person you can't do that uh i guess you could but just don't act on it um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting obsessed is something to be frowned upon. I don't think so. I think I think balance is overrated, and as long as you got balance in the long term, then I think you can be all right. I don't think you need to balance all your focus and activities all the time. No, that's, I mean that's how you become an expert. It's that's how you how you get be, make the best blog or become the best drummer, right? You have to have a laser focus. That's right. Uh, and the final thing I have is. I guess sort of a metaphor, but it is don't read the reviews. And mm. basically what I mean is don't do stuff simply or, or that success or failure is determined by what other people think about it. And don't put too much stock in what they think about it. Like certainly you need to be 
aware of feedback and you can how you can improve. And I don't just mean work. This could this could mean any other area of life, I'm sure. Um, but I just think I just think like I said, we have these human natures, right? And we and we will remember the one bad review out of a hundred or ninety nine good ones. Uh, so I have learned that it is just for me, and I think a lot of other people. I'm not the only one, but maybe I'm more extreme than others in this way. Uh, I just found that I'm so much more productive if I if I don't like if I'm making something new, a new book or you know a podcast or whatever, I'm gonna do a better job if if while I'm making that I know that I'm not gonna read the reviews because then I can do it with way less fear and way less like making it boring because I'm trying to account for every possible objection and cover all the bases. Um, and you know you end up you end up kind of just uh, what's the word? Not I don't mean dumbing it down, but you end up you end up making it you don't take as many risks because you don't want to be criticized because we tend to put more stock in the criticism than in the the praise so anyway i think it's better just to just to not read the reviews at all and again i mean that metaphorically as well as uh as well as literally yeah as soon as you start doing something or you know creating something for someone else in their vision not yours then then it's never going to be as good right you lose all your power. And that's not to say that you're doing work just for you, right? I mean, when, you, when you're putting work out in the world, you are doing it with the hope of benefiting a lot of people. But I, I just think, that, like I said, like if you if you benefited 80% of people and 20% of people hated something, most of us, if we read those reviews, would, would come out from that thinking, man, I really screwed up that thing. Uh, so, I mean, you can totally be doing something for other people, but I don't think in your mind success or failure should, should be about – how how much how many people liked it and how many didn't i mean it just i just don't think i don't know I, I just don't think it's not it's not a useful way of producing something for me it doesn't help even if that is the point even if the point is to make good stuff i think if that's in your head the whole time is i need to make this so people like it uh i think you're not going to make something very good then mm-hmm. and as a as a, an aside on that same point never engage a troll online <laughs> it never works out no no metaphor there just a straight up don't straight engage up troll. never engage a troll that's that's really true yeah <laughs> good. all right well i think that was that was pretty good okay i like it doug that is our mindset rules i hope people enjoy this we let's read the reviews and see how people like this <laughs> yeah <laughs> let us know uh, no, but I, I do honestly hope that people like it because, like we said, that's, that's, uh, that is important to be doing things in, in hopes that people will enjoy them. Uh, our first rules episode was really popular. That's why we got the idea to keep doing more of them. Uh, this one, to me, actually seems the most like our first one. The first one was kind of just mm. general like rules for living your best. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that we had this focus on mindset because I think we were able to, to kind of drill a little bit deeper here on some of these topics. And uh, I don't know. I just like this mindset stuff. I think it is... Like we said at the beginning of this episode, it's kind of behind all the other stuff. So the other rules episodes, you, you will do better with those rules if you follow these rules first. Yep. And and we're not really that big into rules. It just turned out to be a good episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we could have got these guidelines, I guess, because I feel like I'm not super rules oriented in my life. But uh, whatever, people like people like the episodes. They work. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, that's just the title we landed on. <laughs> all right. Good. Well, this was fun, Doug. Glad to be back and doing episodes again in person. Absolutely. This is possible. Hey, and um, if you're listening to this and you aren't an old-time listener, you're a somewhat new listener, uh, I just put a post out on nomadathlete.com about uh, the com- a complete guide to our first 200 episodes, since this is episode 202. Um, right. And uh, it talks about some of our favorite interviews and some of our best running and mindset and and nutrition related episodes so if you're new and you want to dive in a little deeper that's a good place to start so it's nomadathlete.com slash 200 episodes 200 dash episodes good that's a very good thing to mention on the podcast i'm glad you did that uh one final call to action we haven't done this in forever and every other podcast does it so we probably should too and that is to ask people to leave reviews i know we just said that that I, i said i don't read them uh, I think Doug, you now and then scan them to give us a little feedback on how we're doing. Somebody but, asked. Uh, yeah, you're not leaving a review for our sake. You're you're leaving a review because it helps. Uh, it helps iTunes. Mostly, it's iTunes uh, decide to give it to people. So or show it to people when they search stuff and tell them our show's good. So it is extremely helpful. I know we don't ask for it very much, and I guess that's a good thing. But uh, now and then, it's probably good. So if if you do enjoy our show, of course we'd appreciate it if you could go on iTunes and leave us a nice rating and review there, uh, for the reason that. 
it helps us and it helps uh, helps this whole movement by getting iTunes to to turn our stuff up when those paleos come and search for good nutrition tips or something. I'm gonna I'm gonna put out one more call to action. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I'm thrilled to announce or to uh, to share that we were nominated for Veg News's best podcast best vegetarian or vegan podcast of 2017 that's right and uh i would personally be very honored if uh if we got a vote for it from some of our listeners i would too i don't think we're gonna beat rich roll though doug well that's not the that's (laughs) that's not the positive thinking that we need (laughs) and rich is a fan we don't want to beat rich roll well, we kind of do. <laughs> we want everybody yeah. to win. We want all of you winners. Sid, of Sid, Sid was also nominated. Oh, uh, was he? I didn't read it. I didn't actually see. It. I saw that we were nominated, and I think that was cool. But it was like number forty or something, and I couldn't yeah. couldn't get to that. I was I was running out on, on my working vacation. Oh, well, actually, a lot of our a lot of our former guests and our friends uh, were nominated. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, but well, anyway, I'd appreciate the vote, and of course, there's uh, some other ones where you can actually vote for. Novian Athlete, I think that uh, the new cookbook is on there as far as the vegan cookbook. and uh, Yes, that is correct. And maybe even the blog, too. I think the blog, but we're not going to beat Oshi Glow, so what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I think the book has a shot. Maybe. Actually, I don't know. Is Thug Kitchen in there? We're not going to beat them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they probably are in there. I'm sure they are. But is there, are they, didn't, wasn't their book last year? I don't know. I don't know. They, they, I think they, they, they have a bunch of books now, so they have. Yeah, we're not going to beat them. <laughs> so, so forget we, all about it. I'll just second place in in three categories. Yeah, I th- uh, if you just go to vegnews.com, then it uh, it should be at the top there. Yes, I actually didn't know. Is the voting still going on? I saw that when I it was is. leaving like three weeks ago. I saw it was happening. I said, "Well, that's too bad. I'm not going to get a chance to tell people to go vote for us through the end of uh, through the end of August, August 31st." Oh, okay. So you can go vote today, and actually, it is at the very top. It's the very first thing that comes up at vegnews.com. It says, "Vote for No Meat Athlete for Best Podcast." <laughs> for second best podcast for second best podcast yeah. <laughs> alright good yeah go vote for us for second best for those three categories please <laughs> yeah. alright All right. That, that's it that's it for today sounds good alright thanks everyone thanks alright bye